Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I was thinking this morning, that's a dangerous thing, isn't it? I was remembering some homes that I've lived in. When I was a boy, we lived in a little red insel brick house way out in the country. Oh, before that, 
We lived in Sharpsville, Pennsylvania, in a tiny little apartment above a liquor store. When I lived out in the country, it was an ideal place. It was right along the Shenango River, high enough that when it flooded, we didn't get wet. But right there to play on, swim in. And then off to high school, to a boarding school, and then off to college and apartments, 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 till I graduated from from seminary and then beautiful little home out in the country. I've lived in some very pretty homes, beautiful homes. And I've lived in some dumps. There's one thing that is most important for me. Romans 8, verse 1. There is there now no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free. In Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. There's one thing that is most important to me. That is that I not live in condemnation. And that I live in Christ Jesus. Those have very real meanings for me. Some of you today are living in condemnation. You know that what you're doing is wrong. You know that man you're seeing or that woman you're seeing is wrong. You know that you're lusting after the pleasures of this life. Some of you are lusting after travel. Say, well, pastor, what's wrong with travel? Did God call you to travel? Is it a mission of his? Or is it for your own pleasure? If it's for your own pleasure, you're living under condemnation. Not recognize it, but you will at some point in your life. I recognize that some of you don't have enough money to pay for your rent. And you're wondering, how are we going to survive? And many more of you are going to be wondering that shortly. Some of you live in motorhomes. How are you going to stay warm in the winter? Whatever your living conditions are, there's one thing more important than any of those living conditions. And that is whether you are living with condemnation in your heart. 
whether you have a guilty conscience. Now, some of you, your guilty conscience is not not the primary thing for you. primary issue for you is who you like and who you don't like. And what are you going to do with those people? Romans 8th chapter causes me to really slow down and, and wait on the Holy Spirit and say, say to me, I don't want to watch foolishness of television and say, what are you telling me? They're not telling me anything. I don't want to, I don't want to face the mind numbing drug of entertainment, games of foolishness. If there was ever a time when life became very serious, it's when war broke out in Israel. And we recognize that we're at the end of time. We're out of time. Jesus is coming again. How do you stand? Are you ready? Or are you still caught in foolishness of what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Where am I going to live? What am I going to wear? Those are not the real issues of life. The real issue is, are you living in condemnation? Are you living with a guilty conscience? you clean before God? Are you clean before Almighty God? Has Jesus forgiven you for your sins? Are you washed and made whole? Verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, that is, according to what you're comfortable with, that is, according to what you were set up with when you were born? For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death. I tell you a secret. Satan never did anything for you. The devil never did a thing for you. Jesus is the only one who has offered you a way of escape. It cost him his blood. But he prepared a way of escape out of this flesh world into the spirit realm. Say, well... Maybe the devil prepared that for me too. Yeah? That's the fires of hell. 
Are you so foolish as to reject the only offer that will come to you, that will open the way of life before you to the glories of living eternally with Jesus as an innocent person with no judgments against you? Jesus is the only one who's ever done that for you. But some of you would prefer to stay with your alcohol and your drugs and your fornication and your sodomy. Some of you would prefer to stay with money. I don't want money. What do I want money for? You can't eat it. Just foolishness. Jesus. The kingdom of God. I want the love of Jesus in my heart and in my life. I don't want bitterness. I don't want anger. I don't want cynicism. I want the joy of Jesus in my heart. Set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But if Christ is in you, although the body dead because of sin, The spirit is life because of righteousness or innocence. The the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, it's kind of a review of where we've been. But let me take you now to future glory. Paul writes in Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 18 For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory to be revealed to us. Have you had some suffering? I have. I know you have too. How have you responded to that suffering? Have you rejoiced in the midst of your suffering? something I've had to learn how to do. And Paul is saying, okay, I'm thinking about this. I'm considering all of these things. I'm considering the suffering I've gone through. That suffering is not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed. 
Now, he goes on to say the creation of God, the earth, is also eagerly longing for the revealing of the sons of God because they want, the earth wants something it doesn't have. It did not desire, it did not choose to have its soil rotten or have the lions attacking the hippos or This is not the the earth that it wants to be. It does not want the bondage to decay. It wants freedom. I want freedom too. Do you? Are you happy with what you see in this world? I'm not. It's beautiful in parts. But it's horrendously evil and wicked in many parts. And that brings my heart no joy. I'm deeply grieved by what's happening in Israel. I recognize that they're doing what they must do. Earth is eagerly awaiting the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. It's in this hope that we're saved. I don't see the redemption of my body yet. I don't see the redemption of my world. But oh, my heart is filled with hope for this world. Now, I know it's going to go through a bath of fire. I know it's going to be destroyed and burned. And a new earth is going to emerge out of that. See, the spirit of the living God helps us in this time of pain and anguish and destruction. watched this precious earth was torn to pieces in the fire in Maui. Or I watched as the bombs exploded in Israel. Boys and girls were killed. It's only the hope that we have in us, the hope of an eternal, secure place where the wickedness of men cannot penetrate, where the devil is cast out. Listen to this incredible promise. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And this verse, And we know 
This is verse 28, Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Well, a lot of people want to claim this verse. And they want to say, don't worry, everything's going to work out for good. That's not what it says. It says, for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, everything is going to work out according to God's will for you. If you love him and obey him, if you are called according to his purpose, if you're walking in the purposes of God and not in your own selfish desires, your flesh, said this yesterday, but I need to say it several times. What is the flesh? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everything in this world is not evil. There are some good things. The knowledge of the tree of good and evil. The question is, are we walking according to the purpose of God? Not according to our own purpose, not according to what we desire. Are we walking in accord with the purpose of God? Do we love him? Do you love God? See, if you say, oh, I love God, and then you fornicate, you just lied to God and you lied to yourself. See, love includes obedience to God. If you say, I love God, it means you have given yourselves utterly and completely over to his will. And you're walking in his will. You desire to know what his will is. You know the will of God, reading the scriptures, by prayer, by the Holy Spirit moving on your conscience and on your mind and saying, don't do that. Don't go there. Okay? And then by identifying what is the purpose of your life. Is the purpose of your life to have the good times? Is that the purpose of your life? Go to the right places to eat and drink and party. To go to the right church that will make me feel good about my sin. 
Is your purpose to build the kingdom of God? To witness and testify to others? There's no joy and pleasure in the way they're choosing to live, and you invite them to leave that way of life and go to a new place. Some of you, I know, are angry, cynical, bitter, resentful, because life has not gone the way you wanted it to go. It has not been a bowl of cherries. It's full of pits. See, when you come to the Lord Jesus, you receive a spirit of adoption. You receive a spirit that gives you permanent place, the heart of God. I was about this this morning. I used to be young. I now have a, a broken hip. I have to use a walker. I'm standing by faith that the Lord is going to heal my hip. But it's painful right now. But I'm standing by faith that I have received the spirit of adoption as a son. And I, I cry out to God, Abba, Daddy, Father. I was thinking about that this morning. I'm 78 years old. What am I going to do in my old age? What would I do if I had no resources to pay the rent, the townhouse that I I live in? I want you to know I don't take the church money to live some luxurious life in a villa. I I wait on God for what He wants to give me and stand by faith that he will provide. But what am I going to do in my old age? Some of you would say, oh, you're already old, Pastor. Well, okay, but I'm still functional. Watched as this elderly woman was interviewed. Man. question was, how was she going to stay warm? What's she going to do to repair things when she have the money to pay for it? How was she going to get to store? Anne wasn't running to get her medications. 
by her food. How are you going to live in the future? You're not getting younger. You're getting older. What are you going to do when your husband dies? Do when your wife dies? How are you going to deal with life? Right now, you feel like you may have it pretty good. You're both alive, have enough money to just barely get by and cover the bills. What are you going to do when you don't have the money to pay for the bills? Do you know how to reach the throne of God and pray and have him answer your prayers, take care of you? Talking about a great financial reset in the world. Well, how are you going to survive that? I have a very simple answer. I've been adopted by the Almighty God of Heaven. He will supply all that I need. He's the God who created manna and fed the children of Israel for years in the desert. What do I have to worry about? Life has worked out for me the way God wanted it to work out. Life is working out for me the way he planned it to work out for me. Yes, I've made foolish decisions and I've made mistakes. But do you have the adoption as a son or daughter, the Most High God. Have you put into his hands all that you need and all that you have and all that you are? And do you trust him? Are you clean before God? That's the real issue. Are you clean Are you living under condemnation because your sins have not been washed away? You've not been adopted into the family of God. You're still on your own. You're still struggling on your own. And the devil's not going to do a thing for you. Jesus will do something for you. I rejoice today. I'm clean by the blood of Jesus. I know the the modern teachers say that you can never be without sin in your life. They're lying. They teach that you are going to also be a sinner the rest of your life. You don't have to be. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us, washes away the condemnation and the judgment. before Jesus. What would it be worth to you today? Absolutely clean. No longer eating the 
pleasures of this world, no longer eating the, the games of this world, eating the bread of heaven, looking forward to that adoption as son, being taken to the place we call heaven. being taken up by the angels, placed in the arms of Almighty God. Is that attractive to you? All I want. Able to fellowship in the presence of Jesus. The eternal ages. I don't want to be in hell. I don't want to burn. And I tell you now that if you do not absolutely leave all your sin and ask for forgiveness and unutterably give yourself into the hands of Jesus Christ, you will spend your eternity in hell. You will not be made righteous the day you die. The day you die. The die is already cast. So many people. We're not interested, thank you very much. I've lived my life on my own terms this far. I'll live my life in hell? You're going to live your life in hell? Are you stupid? Are you ignorant? Fire is hot. Burns. It's miserable. You have to know you continue to live in sin. The Bible is very clear. Sin is like in the book of Revelation, Jesus actually lists what sin is, but he also does it in five for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. Desire of the spirit are against the flesh, the war set up. The words are the works of sexual immorality, purity, sensuality, idolatry. You know what idolatry is? Placing this world and the world's comfort ahead of Jesus. Sorcery, witchcraft. It's grieved when the Rollings books, witchcraft, came out. Parents. Christian parents, so-called, immediately went out and bought the whole series for their kids. 
kids read them, <coughs> greatly entertained by them. How to do witchcraft. Fits of anger. Strife. Jealousy. Rivalries. Dissensions. Divisions. Envy. Drunkenness. Orgies. Things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's not what you'll get. And so I come, very kindly try to say to you, If Christ is in you, body is dead. Flesh is dead. If you live according to the flesh, sodomy, drugs, Stealing, cheating. See, most though want to, they want those things, but then a lot of people call themselves Christians. They want the tree of the knowledge of good. It will not lead you to life. Pastor, this is a good movie. You should come see it with us. Right. I should go to the garbage can for my dinner tonight. Thank you. It's poison there. If you walk in the ways of the world, attainment Give yourself all kinds of reasons why it should be okay for you to live like the world. So Romans 8 is just uh, a book that slows me down. Let's take your time, Ray. Understand what it's saying. Then Paul writes these incredible words. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, the devil's against you. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, with him, graciously give us all things? 
Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Let's take a minute about what that word means. The word justify is to make righteous. That is, to make innocent. If the Holy Spirit dwells in you, you are innocent of all sin for Almighty God. It says, did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? For it is God who justifies. It is God who makes you righteous. This is not a self-help deal. It is God who makes you righteous. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? No tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. For it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that nothing, neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor rules, rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, anything else in all creation be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate me from Jesus except my own wickedness and wicked heart if I don't surrender to Jesus Christ and don't give myself wholly unto him. Only I can separate myself from Jesus. How would I separate myself from him? By giving myself to the spirit of darkness. The enemy, the devil. That separates me from God. He has done everything possible to open the way for me to enter into his fullness. The adoption of sons and daughters. It's all there for you. It's all there for me. If I love my fornication, I love my bitterness of heart. If I love my games, my cell phone, my computer, the pocket gods of America, 
I will separate myself from Almighty God. Very concerned because some of you claim you belong totally unto Jesus. But if you look at your life, it's clear you have reserved parts of your life for yourself, and you are refusing to give yourself wholly, unreservedly, Jesus. Those are the ones I am concerned about. I want every one of you given utterly, completely into the hands and cut off your foolishness. That's all I'm going to share today. I have much more to share with you. Let's pray. Lord, I'm crying aloud for your people that there would come such a conviction in the heart of your people that they would utterly cast off the works of darkness, that they would give themselves to you unreservedly and you would make them righteous. You would justify them. Lord, I pray today for your people. I pray for those who are sick, for those who are about ready to give up. I know what that's like. I pray today for those who see no way possible for them to continue in the path they're in, continue living, eating. Lord, it's time for us all to utterly cast ourselves upon you, Jesus, and to trust you for you know how to work it all out. Jesus, I trust you. Love you. I don't want anything to do with the works of darkness. I don't want anything to do with compromise. I want the truth. of my life I've been taught a lie by the church I'm done with that I want the truth as it is in Jesus I want the truth as it's found in the scriptures book of Romans the 6th chapter Romans the 8th chapter Lord I want the truth and I want to live by that truth And I'm not going to knowingly compromise with any powers of darkness. It's come. Her glory has come. Come with healing in your wings. Compassion in your heart, Jesus. We are not worthy. I'm not worthy. Oh, Jesus, you're worthy. Justify us. Come and make us righteous.
You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I want to thank those of you who have been so kind in obeying Jesus. One friend gave almost a double offering. saw it, I just laughed because I'm praying, Lord, you need to be able to pay the radio bill. This friend lives in an area of Maryland. So hold revivals. to hold meetings. Trains would come out of Washington, D.C., come by buggy. They'd come by horseback. Chris, thank you. You can have to help cover the cost of the radio by going webpage nationalprayerchapel.com National Prayer Chapel. Or you can write to me, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, one word, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I praise God you took the time to listen today. I pray that the convicting power of the Holy Spirit is upon you and that you will not just walk away from it, but you will let it settle in your heart, that you will receive the forgiveness and see Jesus Christ, and that you will rejoice in his adoption of you as a son or daughter. We're almost out of time for today. Lord Jesus, you have been very kind in opening the word of God to us today. kind in offering us this wonderful gift of salvation. Lord, I'm praying for a spirit of repentance to sweep over America. America is going to be destroyed with fire. Is a nation do not repent. For we have become one of the most wicked nations in all of the world, leading the nations of the world in every kind of fornication, every kind of bitterness and anger. Lord, I pray that a great spirit of revival will come upon our nation, great spirit of repentance, for I know that the only salvation Only salvation 
is found in you, Jesus, to hearts that are repentant, to hearts that are willing to say, Jesus, I'm the one. I'm guilty. I did it. To hearts that say, I repent, Jesus. Change me. Make me righteous. Lord, would you come with great power upon America? That the sound of weeping would be heard throughout this nation. That the groans of repentance would be heard in America. That the pride would be cast down. Lord, we're a very, very proud people, but utterly wicked. Lord, have your way in America. I pray in your holy name. Amen. God bless you. Again, I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. I hope this has been helpful to you. I'll talk to you soon. Lord.